Hi everyone and welcome to the second episode of the podcast tour where I will be talking to Cyril Pesenti or Pesanti depending on where you're coming from, Italy or France. But before we get to our fascinating philosophical conversation, let me give you some information about the music in this episode. So first, there's a little bit of a composition by Julian Hamilton, who is part of our team and has been playing around with some tunes. So we decided, um, since we are all about helping young people make their work visible, get new opportunities, heck, let's start with our own and... We're going to be using his compositions as intros and outros for a few of the following episodes. But for this particular one, our outro is going to be a far from professional yet very atmospheric recording of Cyril playing the piano. So something to look forward to. And without further ado, let's jump into our conversation with Cyril. Hi, thank you so much, Anastasia. So... I'm 25 years old, uh, background in UIP, European Youth Parliament, and I've done um, also uh, cross-country skiing when I was young. And uh, here and now, I'm uh, head of communication of the National Opera House of Rouen, and uh, really happy to be here with you tonight. Very happy to have you. But as far as I'm aware... The, this particular opera house is not the first one of your uh, professional career. Can you tell us a little bit about where you have worked so far, uh, what kind of positions you've held and what your experience has been in those places? Yep. Actually, it was a quite long journey. I had uh, to quit everything I've had done before at 17 years old because uh, first I wanted to be a vet and then in the end I decided that it was not meant for me so I started to uh, think about a career in an artistic field uh, which was not something uh, really easy to think about when you're coming from a lost countryside from France and uh, I was a pianist back then. I used to play the piano and I started to think about a career as a composer. And I thought maybe it was, it was an opportunity to me to continue to learn uh, about music. And so I decided to go to the uni to study musicology at um, Reims. And I was also at the Conservatoire of France used to study composition, harmony, uh, how to write music and the piano as well. And um, in the first year, I found out that it was uh, really, really weird to me because everything was so away from my own conception of music. And I thought that it was really, really hard to make a path and to succeed in uh, the artistic field. Like my vision of being a composer was overrated. And so I decided to quit the conservatoire after two years. And in the third year, um, the third year of my license degree, one of my teacher told me, Cyril, why don't you go to Radio France, uh, the radio podcast, uh, the national radio podcast in France to work in production. 
And that all started uh, at this point because after that, I went to Lyon and studied a master degree in musicology and worked at the National Opera House of Lyon in artistic production. And then uh, to the National Opera House of Paris, first in communication and then in addition to. I used to write for the opera magazine and do all the interviews for the artists and work for the institutional communication of the opera. And then I suddenly felt that it was uh, really, really going too fast for me uh, because Everything was uh, hard uh, in this industry uh, when you're young. It's not easy sometimes, but uh, for my own career, I decided to do and start a second master degree in Sciences Po in France uh, to study culture and management and politics. And during these two years, I've been working uh, in Venice, in Italy, at the Palazzetto Bruzzani, once again in production, and then at the direction of the opera houses in France for diversity, um, women and men parity in the opera field, and also more about the environment, uh, because it's something really important here and now for industry in culture. And uh, once uh, it was done, I've joined the Opera House of Rouen as the head of the communication here. So it's been quite, um, quite long, but only five, six years in the end, different experiences that built me and uh, taught me a lot. And uh, here I am. I think it's fascinating. I think it's also deeply impressive how many very you know high, high profile places you have held positions in and like being this young and having the background as a musician I think it's uh, for me in any case highly impressive but I wanted to talk to you like ask you about this transition which is something I find myself doing as well at the moment having this idea and the degree to be like solely a visual artist, painter, whatever, and in the end thinking that, well, on the one hand, I could try to be doing that, and I could try to be, you know, pleasing the people who would give me opportunities and trying to make my way through a very, very daunting and difficult labyrinth of reaching success being with the right galleries, being um, esteemed as a promising artist by a certain uh, institution or a certain group of people. So I was thinking, I understand that this is how it has to be if I want to pursue that. But on the other hand, I also have a set of skills and motivation and some, I think, possibly talent in creating connections, in making um just just organizing events, bringing people together to discuss the issues that they think are important. Uh, so I didn't completely quit painting. I'm still working on an exhibition. It's something I love and I hope to be successful in. On the other hand, having worked in certain institutions and having tried to do exhibitions and having done a few, I see a lot of structural issues. So I'm kind of also being on the other end of the cultural institution and not the artist. And what you mentioned there about going to the conservatoire and 
having this idea of becoming a composer, something you loved, and then seeing it doesn't really doesn't really look realistic. Can you tell me about how maybe it all started for you? Like you, you wanted to play the piano. How long have, had you been doing that before you went to conservatoire? And how long after you started there did you realize that it wasn't really something you wanted to continue? Yeah, actually it was... Uh... I started the piano at the age of 14, I guess, which is really late, really late in France, actually, in France and, and most of the countries, you, you have to start at, at five, four, even before now, uh, if you want to be a major grand um, pianist. But there was that time when I used to practice cross-country skiing in competition and I, and I, and I, and I ended up really, really... Uh, tired and I wanted to uh, discover more about myself and find my own identity and and when I discovered the piano it was really uh, something that uh, helped me to go inside me and I felt okay this is the beauty that I have inside me I want to share it with other people so I started to play the piano at the age of 14 maybe and then I ended up and quit at 2021 and I and I was at the Conservatoire at the age of 18, 19, which uh, means that I've been three years at the Conservatoire, which was not that much. Uh, because before I used to play with a, a personal teacher, piano teacher. So it was uh, it was pretty different. And I, and I used to, to like that more than I did like it at the Conservatoire. I felt that it was good to me to go to the Conservatoire because since I was a, a pianist... Um, that came uh, late to the lessons, that was late in everything. I wanted to show everyone that I had to the capacity to play the piano and that it was maybe the way to to succeed. And then since I was really in, interested in composition, I felt that maybe going to the conservatoire, it was back again, easier to become someone recognized by society. When I think about it here and now, I realized that I was totally wrong for two reasons. I was wrong because uh, what uh, conservatoire expects you to be is not what society expects you to be. And second thing, what society expects you to be is not what art expects you to be and even what can you expect from yourself. You don't even have to think about it, but the pressure and um, the the tradition, even in our countries, is still so heavy that sometimes you have to face it really to think and rethink and move away from your preconceived ideas. But when you're inside, when you're in the moment, you just have to leave it, feel it, and you don't understand everything. You understand it afterwards. And it's it's something that I think about sometimes. I said, well... Now I have a great work uh, at the age of 25, but what about starting all over again as an artist? Because I think that uh, sometimes I miss it. I'm part of the fate one because, because I didn't trust myself enough to continue and to, to do it. Uh, but I had also another way of thinking which is still there deep inside me and you know sometimes when you don't like something about society 
just go inside it and grow and change things from an inside. If you want to criticize things from the outsides, it might be hard to change stuff. But once you've, you've done your work, you're inside, you grow, you show your honesty, you show your passion, you show everything. I think that it's, all, it's also easier to start uh, change things. So there is still the, that part of me, really artistic part that I, I try to use every day in the work I'm doing. But, you know, like kind of every production we have in the opera house, I see artists on the other side and I sometimes told myself that uh, I would like to be on the other side also. But since I work for them and I work for the art industry and the, the art um, field, I feel like I still have the chance to find a way to express myself in the, in the things I do. And it was something that, that was really hard when I was younger because I didn't get everything. And now that I've grown a little bit, I know how it works. I know how it works on the, on the other side of uh, the art industry. And I know how people tend to other think the situations because they think they have the power, but they don't have anything if they don't have uh, the heart and the passion to do things. Because in the end, people don't, don't, really, don't really care about what you've done as a director, as a head of, as a manager. They care about what they've seen and what the artists have done. So it's, it's my way of doing things. I, I'm always serving artists. I'm always working for artists because otherwise it would, it would make me sad if I, don't, if I don't find a way to make a sense in what I'm doing. And, and it was really hard when I decided to, to quit the conservatoire because I told myself, once again, you have to start all over again. But to be honest, any time in my life when I decided to start all over again, I was afraid, but I also found out that behind the fear, there was a burning desire that always uh, made me want to do more. And that's what I'm doing every day when I try to change my way of doing things, my work, my habits. It's always there. There's always this little voice inside me that uh, reminds me that behind fear, there is a desire. And this desire is stronger than anything else, in that, in, especially in that art field. Otherwise, you don't even last for uh, one year, if you're, at least if you're someone like me in this big family of uh, people that uh, uh, tend to, to think about uh, everything and, and, and try to do the things deeply. So, as you, were, as you were talking about those things, I had two ideas that popped up in my head. One related to artists versus art professional sort of dilemma. And the other um, concerning what you said about changing things from within. So about changing things from within, I recently watched this interview by a Harvard professor who wrote a book called Reimagining Capitalism something else as well. But the gist of what she was saying is 
thinking like having this nice career as a business professor and having you know this set of skills once I realized how unsustainable our practices were I was about to go I'll just be an activist and I'll pursue that way of changing things and people who know better told her well the best way to do what you are trying to do you are already in the sector work with people who are in it work with the leaders work with the mentality you have this wonderful resource resource use it i think that's something interesting that merits a discussion and the other thing about um art professional versus artist i think very often it does happen that you have some form of art manager who at, at heart really wants to practice some form of art Unfortunately, that's just an impression I have. People aren't always open about it, but that's something I have noticed for myself. And then when you think about it, so you have, you are working for the artist, you're at their service, you're doing things for them, you're producing for them. You are in a stable job with a stable income, you know what things will probably look like three months on. But for artists, they have work on project by project basis so I guess what I'm getting at is unfortunately in our society it feels like the fact of being an artist is seen as very prestigious and not many people actually look behind the curtain to see that it's insanely difficult because you have no unless you're in a special position you don't have that security You're happy to have some form of paid work. You're turning down interesting projects because they cannot sustain your practice. And at the beginning, you're just not paid at all. And you take on more and more work. Whereas if you go on the culture manager, art professional side of things, you're likely to be employed by institutions that will give you some security But that is not seen anywhere as prestigious as being an artist. And I find that quite of a, an interesting nuance in the society where having money equals being successful. It's like it's this disbalance in perceptions. What do you think about this whole story? It's really interesting because first... Um... That's one of the reasons uh, why I decided to quit and start all over again. Security doesn't mean anything to me. And security means a lot when you have to live decently and you have to um, uh, pay food and you have to, well, all the things that you have to do in your life, you have to pay for Sometimes like uh, you have things that you have to pay for. And as an artist, it's sometimes really hard when you start because you know that the contract you have, maybe it's the only one that you have in a year. And you cannot think it as a, as a stable job once until you're not really, really recognized or everyone is calling it you. But it's a position to, in a sense that artists have the choice to be whoever they want. If they want to be, I, I, you can be an artist, you are an artist, I can be an artist, I'm an artist, and I'm working too. And th the only thing is that 
I cannot choose today to quit everything to only start to write a book because next month I'm not sure that I will have enough money to pay the bill, to pay the rent and so on. But still, if I do it, I do it with my own conscious about I know what it means today in our today's world and I know that this choice brings me other things that I won't have and I won't have money. But I'm not sure that it will last forever. Like, you know, when you think about the 19th century, for instance, back then, artists, composers, painters, musicians, the question of money was not uh, as important as it is today because we were not thinking about how to get money to survive. Uh, we were thinking about how do we have an Uh, how do we pursue a dream, a feeling that makes us feel alive? If it's so important for us today to have money and to earn money, as you said, it's because if you have money, then you recognize, then your ego is flattered, then you can be someone. And if you're someone, it means that you exist for the others. But sadly, and it's... Uh, it's <laughs> It's, it's, it's really sad. Our, our identity uh, in our today's world, especially for young generations, is really, really, really distracted. We have like many parts of our identities lost in the different, uh, um, in the different idols that we have, in the different um, dreams that we have for our lives. We ask sometimes ourselves too many questions that we don't even go further anymore. We try sometimes to say, oh, I want to be that, I want to be that, I want to be that, and I need money to be that. But we never, we never start to be the one we want to be because we're always thinking on ourselves. And culture is pretty much thinking about itself anytime because we are now in a period of complexity for the young generations that don't have any models anymore or do have many models at the same time which means that their own identity can change in a second if they want to be someone they can be whoever they want and if the day after they want to be someone else that way It's possible here now. We build things differently and money cannot do anything about that. It will just go with the flow, especially for young generations, because at some points we'll realize that money is not enough to build a life and to give a sense in what we're doing. And Sergio is messing around. <laughs> Well, at least you have a friend in the in the flat right now. It's also nice. Sergio is yeah. a cat, by the way. And I'm sure he's also very interested in the discussion we're having right now. Yeah, sure. Um, no, I, I I don't know if you get what I mean. It's really important because it's not about... Security to me is really the way we think about security. Security is having money to eat or security is having being the one you want to be if you don't have money you cannot do 
anything in that world. That's that's what makes me really anxious for artists. That is the problem, very simply put. Like right now, I'm looking into doing an exhibition and even in in continuing some commissions I have. And the issue I have is that I need a studio that costs a certain amount of hundreds of euros a month. I need supplies. I need stretchers. I need canvas. I need the materials to prepare those. So I'm really blocked. Like I have a certain amount of money per month that uh, I dispose of. I'm also fortunate enough to be able to ask for support from family, but I'm trying not to use that option. And I want to create, I want to work on my exhibition, but I just am not able to go and say, here's 5,000, I need those things now, and I'm going to get the studio for a certain amount of time. So it's unfortunately quite a paralyzing paradigm. And unless you already have a status and people are buying your work and you're getting you know, subsidized or you have a patron or something, you are in that situation. It's, it's strange because when you deeply think about it, you just realize that um, art is still not considered uh, considered as uh, as a work uh, and and actually what what we've been doing in the in a, in the past few years in in France uh, in politics with the right to participate in cultural life has been something that didn't really help the sector because Artists do not need to feel like they have a place in political in political challenges or political uh, ideals. They need to have the opportunity to talk about the society and also to create and have the possibility to think and work and create in this world without the fear of not having enough money to eat and in the end of the month. But since here and now uh, with different policies in France, uh, many artists can work if they have done a certain amount of hours, like working for a theater or an opera house or anything then they have like that minimum wage uh, in order to continue <laughs> their, their work. It's still something that we don't talk that much anymore because we always say no, but it does exist. The reality is that in the artistic field in France um, and maybe even more in Italy, Creative artists and especially young generations don't have the power anymore to create because they feel like they don't have their own place to do it in our society. They don't feel like they have the possibility to meet, talk, share and work with the artists they like because they don't even get the process that um, they've been going through before to reach the point, uh, they, uh, the, the point that they are uh, right now. It's, it's, it's really complicated because we feel like all the artists, the recognized one, the one that you said that have every gallery, every opera house they want, every 
museum even they want. Always talk about how it was hard or how it is important for them to support young artists. But in reality, we don't see that much that they choose one, at least two, and they help them. But as you said, sometimes nepotism is still really, really, really present in our today's society. If you want to be an artist today, you'll better be strong. But I feel like we don't have to wait that much. In 10 years, even before, it will be a, a total nonsense to continue that way because we feel here and now, and it's been maybe already 10 years that we feel it, that people want to live their life and give a sense to their life. <laughs> I sometimes tell myself, like, every day I go to work, I do something, but sometimes I go back home, I don't know what I've done. Like, you know, like a fisher, like he brings back fish. Um, many people, when they go back home, they can say, okay, today I've done that. Me, as a manager in culture, sometimes I feel totally useless. And here and now, I feel like it's really hard for artists to find their way because we tend to focus on things that are totally stupid. And as stupid they are, there will be an emergency in, in the future to go back to the things that are really important for us as human beings, and not as... Uh, as persons that want to reach out something to feel like they are someone because they've done something but in the end when they go back on their life at 70 they feel like they've been doing nothing so an important thing that we don't have to lose is hope and the way as managers in the art industry and artists in performance arts in visual arts still work because we are the ones that think and rethink the world anytime. And politicians don't change the world. Artists do. Politicians work on a conception of the world. Artists create the conception and create the world and express the emotions of people. I'm not saying that politicians don't do that at all. I'm just saying that it's not the place of truly the honesty and the capacity to move people. As you talk, what I am thinking of is this question of utility of artists. You must have read about this some time ago. There was, I think, an Australian survey that asked people what are the most useful or useless professions. I think it was like at the start of Corona. And that survey put artists at the most useless profession that we have. And I started, well, obviously, we were all enraged. And when I was thinking about this, I again started thinking about our mentality and how much we are based on money. For example, let's take stockbrokers. The most useless job ever. <laughs> Don't create anything. Yet you come home with a bag of money and people don't perceive you as useless. Artist, 
you spend hours and hours either trying to create something beautiful or trying to think through something and digest it within yourself and then present something interesting for people that they might haven't had might have not seen before you're trying to introduce something new you're really working hard most of the time on your work as an artist your concept your realization of things and then also on producing your stuff and financing your stuff and meeting people and i'm just baffled by the fact that we are now in a society where you know stockbrokers are cool they're important they are entitled to their yachts and their cocaine artists uh we don't want to spend any money of the, on them the government uh, i remember again maybe last year there was um, in estonia there was this um kind of scandalous uh, presentation where a local um far right party representative was if, if if i'm not mistaken was holding a presentation about works of art and um he was making fun of them like nobody's business there was um an abstract piece called untitled and his hit was the artist ran out of ideas he couldn't even name the piece are we seriously subsidizing and supporting these people and it was like a whole presentation of different art pieces and that kind of attitude so well here we are talking about young artists and how hard it is to break into the business to become successful to make money to get the galleries to get the approval of certain people and actually consider doing this as a career this is the art world problem and on the other hand you have this kind of societal problem where you have to explain to people that actually I'm not a useless piece of trash I'm actually doing something pretty amazing mhm yeah we had the same thing in France uh it was uh, last uh, spring it was in bordeaux south of france where uh, the local yeah it was maybe the new mayor that um asked as a forum as a public forum uh citizens uh, about culture and the question was is culture a work is being an artist a work <laughs> and two things first thing it's it's really alarming it's really alarming because the fact that people can think that culture might be not might not be uh necessary show us that we really have to work on the way and uh the way citizens or maybe the way politicians see our institutions and our artists and our um arts second thing the fact that that kind of communication uh media campaign can be published and spread in a city of the size of bordeaux shows us that it's there it does exist it's it's just like people are asking like, like people really really ask themselves is culture necessary so us as artists what we can do in order to take back our positions in society 
because the change won't come from the the upside part. It won't come from the downside part because we are not from any parts or we we can start to think about how do we go back to the state where we have the possibility in our society to express ourselves and be recognized as what we are, just artists and people working in culture. Most of the time people say like, no, but I'm not working in culture because I, I will not make enough money. But gosh, do you know like some positions in culture in France, like you'll be paid like maybe... Uh, <laughs> 20,000 per month or even more. Excuse me? They don't even have <laughs> they don't even have the conception of what's what's meant to be like culture is is really 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 important in France because it was the king fact like especially for the Louvre, the National Paris Opera and it's still really important today but all the people that are created other ways of spreading heart are now shouting out loud to be recognized too. And they are right. And we have to work all together. That's the way you asked me about how to uh, face this big problem of nepotism, of uh, money, of earning money. If we build something all together as a group and we share common ideas and we start to work together with co-productions, with more and more persons together, maybe, I, I don't know, but maybe it might be an answer to this big question, this big unanswered question of how will and how will we survive? It's, it's, it makes me... It makes me sad because I, I, I really think about uh, the past centuries and how artists didn't even have to care about that because they didn't have the problem of, of showing off to anyone who there were. There were artists and it was it. They were now, being an artist means that most of the time you have to work uh, aside if you want to survive. Because money is so important in the way you want to earn your life and the way you want to show your face to the world and show what you've, you're doing. It's really important. And we might not, we might not do that for, uh, for many years, according to me. I might be wrong. I hope I won't. But I feel like there is a time that is coming and that's or, that is already coming, actually where people are bored about the way they want to be called or told by politics, politicians, and by everyone who think they have the power to control. You can control money, you can control uh, a firm, you can control, but you cannot control human in the end. Really, you cannot. You, f you, you can think that you control human. But in the end, you'll see that you'll never control people because if you want to control them at the very, very, very end of what's not acceptable, you'll see that you reach out that point where that humanity will come back to you. And it will be so beautiful and so powerful that you will be the one losing everything. 
what was the second world war what was the first world war was what was all the what were all the wars that we've been going through it was that an experience of humanity in the end because it was such dramatic things such dramatic and 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 sad history that people afterwards had to rethink the world and artists had to rethink the world we sometimes think that our world is terrible but gosh it's been 70 years that we don't we, we didn't face a, a big world like this world uh, faced uh, in the past century so we tend to create problems because humans hate emptiness and we all hate emptiness but the the artists here have an impact because they show in our society what's wrong and what's good and what's beautiful and i'm pretty sure that 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 this thing we will never 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 lose it because it's what makes sense in our life and if people tend to lose that kind of things and now they go back they find a way to make sense in their own life because they are doing many many different jobs they want to quit they want to go back they ask themselves well what about that work and why not this other one what about this wedding and then what about getting divorced <laughs> it's it's because we have that lack of of sense and of humanity in ourselves that is still there but we can think, oh, no, we don't have the time anymore. Our society is meant to be like this and we have to go with the flow. No, you don't. You don't have to, but this is what happens a lot. This is the majority of um, perception that we have in our societies and people our age. But you were, when you mentioned something in our last conversation about your trip to Sciences Po and meeting young people and noticing that even though we don't have a very big generational gap with them like i'm 29 you're 25 but we can still be considered quite young people fortunately but there is this very new generation coming and they see things differently how do they see things mm -hmm. it's um breathtaking before um, you know, I work in a, in a, in, a, in really institutional uh, culture industry, and sometimes people that um, lead these institutions have an idea of what's what's good for young generations and how to talk with them and how to communicate with them in order to to make them come and see uh, the things you're uh, planning to produce and the artists you produce. What I've done, I've been uh, thinking about a way of talking with them. So I decided to really talk with them and meet them in person because I didn't want to start and have my own conception about how to communicate with young generations without even knowing them. And 19, 20 years old students um, teach me more than people that have been working for maybe years and years in the art and, uh, and the culture industry. Because 
they see things really, really differently. And you just realize that you're doing something out of nothing because they don't even care about what you're doing since you're not even thinking and considering what they are doing. And since this generation has many, many, many different models and think really fast and don't have the capacity to to stay focused too long, to do the same thing again and again, to... We, we can think, oh, no, it's really sad. They are stupid. We've, we lost everything. It's, it's over now. Our society is gonna go. I don't think so. They, they are talking about something really, really interesting. They are talking about the way things are changing right now. And they, they represent that change. And they represent that conception of, of how they feel and how they live in this society. So don't complain about the way they are, they are doing and the way they are living because we're all the products of what we've been doing for the past 50 years. And, and it's really interesting because they always, <laughs> they always rethink and try to, to, to say something about what you're, what you're saying, or what you're doing. It's never, it's never good enough. They're always rethinking uh, the things you're you're thinking about because uh, they don't have that um, yeah that that model that I used to have for instance when I was younger uh, when I was fifteen I was always always thinking about Yves Saint Laurent and François Sagan and that those like people that really inspired me. The only models they have is the ones that they create for themselves. It means that they have the capacity also to follow many different models at the same times, like big star system or even like artists, or it depends on what they, what they really like. And then be themselves those identities, which is really complicated for us as um, managers in the industry, in the culture industry, because <laughs> we often think that we are the one with the artist that creates the proposition and the, the, the show for the audience and the young generations. No, here and now the young generations go directly to the artist. They don't need us anymore. In a sense that if they, if they, wanna, if they really want to see someone, if they really want to listen to something, if they really want to be someone they just have to do it and on the on the other hand like when we are working on the on the cultural field we are always thinking about the things that we've been talking to together tonight how do we do to be an artist without thinking about these big problems in the society and another answer is that young generations they don't sometimes when they are so um connected to the things that they want to do, they just be, they just do. They don't even think about if about like money because it's maybe a little bit 
too early. They will think about it later, but they still have that kind of flame uh, desire that that inspires me a lot because I used to have it and I lost it. <laughs> oh, damn. Now, I think we have gone really philosophical, which makes, I hope, for interesting listening. I would like to slowly start wrapping up this episode. Um, I'm going to ask you the uh, mandatory question, since, again, we're still doing this for young artists. We're still... As you say, trying to bring people together from different fields, experts, partners, those young people that are going to be participants, and kind of make our voices heard. Thinking about that, thinking about the you know 20-year-olds with their freedom and their creativity to do what they want, what is it that you would say to them? What is it that you would tell them to cultivate in themselves or to rethink maybe in the way they perceive this career or just even how to even go about becoming an artist, a pianist or an art professional. What are the words that you would share with the young generation of artists and art professionals in Europe today? Do not give up. Meet people. Meet many people. Meet so many people. Talk to people. Um, Travel, travel a lot. Do not give up once again. Think about what you've been experiencing in your life and what you've learned at school, because still there are a lot of stuff that are important at school. And think about what you've been living in your own life to use it as an artist and to express it as an artist. Because you will always find someone that will feel the same or that will feel different and you will have a conversation. And if someone hates what you're doing, if someone loves what you're doing, it doesn't matter. It means that you already won the battle. The thing is that if you think about your career about only in terms of success, um, money, and traveling all around the world, maybe it, it might be hard at the beginning, I must But still, if you try to focus on what's really important to you, what deeply makes you happy in the morning when you wake up, when you're talking to people, you're already right. It doesn't mean that you have to give up everything to be the one you want to be, the artist you want to be, and feel like you're living a dangerous life because you don't have enough money to live the way you want to live. The things you're already doing are good. Like you already, if you think, if you have doubts, if you always move away from preconceived ideas, you're doing right. I mean, it might be hard at the beginning to go really hard and, and just build a career out of your uh, student background. It's not important. Just keep going and create your own identity made of every single identity you want, copy, uh, create, um, just what you're doing is right. Do not let anybody tell you that you're not doing right. What you're doing is good. If you think that you're not in the right place, if you think like people make makes you uncomfortable because in your school, in your work, people judge what you're doing. 
do not listen to them. Just try to say and try to remind you that the different conception of things, it will always exist. What is important is to being honest to yourself. And it's really hard in a world that always tells you that you have to be like this. No, you don't have to be like this. You have to be like you want to be. It's hard. I know it's hard. I'm struggling with that every single day of my life. But still, since I'm thinking about it, I don't go too far from what I am. Be, be curious too. I think that is duly noted. To sum up all of this inspirational speech, I think I would put it in one sentence. Please don't let the world tell you who you are, who you should be. Instead, tell the world exactly who you are yourself. That's exactly what I wanted to say. And since you're really brave and brilliant, you only needed one sentence to sum up everything. <laughs> you know, I was listening. I was doing the, the analysis in my head. But with all this, I'm going to say a huge thank you to Cyril for this long, luscious philosophical discussion we have had today. I'm hoping people who listen to the podcast will really take away some important information for themselves from our chat. And I'm going to play some music music after this. See you um, in the next episode of the podcast. Thank you, Cyril. Thank you, Anastasia.